0: Letter Ten of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume Four by Samuel Richardson. Letter Ten. Miss Howe to Miss Clarissa Harlowe, Wednesday, May Third. I am astonished that my mother should take such a step, purely to exercise an unreasonable act of authority and to oblige the most remorseless hearts in the world. If I find that I can be of use to you, either by advice or information, do you think I will not give it? Were it to any other person much less dear to me than you are, do you think in such a case I would forbear giving it? Mr. Hickman, who pretends to a little casuistry in such nice matters, is of opinion that I ought not to decline such a correspondence thus circumstanced. And it is well he is, for my mother having set me up, I must have somebody to quarrel with this i will come into if it will make you easy i will forbear to write to you for a few days if nothing extraordinary happen until the rigour of her prohibition is abated but be assured that i will not dispense with your writing to me my heart my conscience my honour will not permit it but how will i help myself how easily enough for i do assure you that i want but very little further provocation to fly privately to london and if i do i will not leave you till i see you either honourably married or absolutely quit of the wretch and in this last case i will take you down with me in defiance of the whole world or if you refuse to go with me stay with you and accompany you as your shadow whithersoever you go don't be frightened at this declaration there is but one consideration and but one hope that withhold me watched as i am in all my retirements obliged to read to her without a voice to work in her presence without fingers, and to lie with her every night against my will. The consideration is, lest you should apprehend that a step of this nature would look like a doubling of your fault, in the eyes of such as think you are going away a fault. The hope is that things will still end happily, and that some people will have reason to take shame to themselves for the sorry part they have acted. Nevertheless I am often balancing, but your resolving to give up the correspondence at this crisis will turn the scale. Write, therefore, or take the consequence." A few words upon the subject of your last letters. I know not whether your brother's wise project be given up or not. A dead silence reigns in your family. Your brother was absent three days, then at home one, and is now absent, but whether with Singleton or not I cannot find out. By your account of your wretched companions, I see not but they are a set of infernals and he the Beelzebub. What could he mean, as you say, by his earnestness to bring you into such company, and to give you such an opportunity to make him and them reflecting glasses to one another. The man's a fool, to be sure, my dear, a silly fellow at least. The wretches must put on their best before you, no doubt, lords of the creation! Noble fellows, these! Yet who knows how many poor, despicable souls of our sex the worst of them has had to whine after him! You have brought an inconvenience upon yourself, as you observe, by your refusal of Miss Partington for your bedfellow. Pity you had not admitted her! watchful as you are what could have happened if violence were intended he would not stay for the night you might have sat up after her or not gone to bed mrs sinclair pressed it too far you was over scrupulous if anything happened to delay your nuptials i would advise you to remove but if you marry perhaps you may think it no great matter to stay where you are till you take possession of your own estate the knot once tied and with so resolute a man it is my opinion your relations will soon resign what they cannot legally hold and were even a litigation to follow, you will not be able, nor ought you to be willing, to help it, for your estate will then be his right, and it will be unjust to wish it to be withheld from him. One thing I would advise you to think of, and that is, of proper settlements, it will be to the credit of your prudence and of his justice, and the more as matters stand, that something of this should be done before you marry, bad as he is, nobody accounts him a sordid man, and I wonder he has been hitherto silent on that subject.' I am not displeased with his proposal about the widow lady's house. I think it will do very well. But if it must be three weeks before you can be certain about it, surely you need not put off his day for that space, and he may bespeak his equipages. Surprising to me, as well as to you, that he could be so acquiescent. I repeat, continue to write to me. I insist upon it, and that as minutely as possible, or take the consequence. I send this by a particular hand. I am, and ever will be, your most affectionate, Anna Howe. End of letter 10.